Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jama'ah. ਮੁਹੱਬਤ <laughs> Seven minutes after 11 Central African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum it's a beautiful definitely Tuesday morning indeed i see the sun is out it's nice and sunny and shining subhanallah 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 yes my beloved wonderful listeners of Merkaz Sahaba the voice of ahlus sunnah wal jamaah Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name of course my beloved engineer is uh, none other than Haji Suleiman Esop he's full of happiness this morning he's full of life i see hazrat malana zahid as well he's looking mashallah malana zahid is dressing as if you know uh, it's like it's like snowing but it's good i was telling my beloved listeners of asafina to ilal jannah this morning that they need to dress warm 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 yes How are you guys doing if you are with me this morning send me a message say Molana you are listening to the bliss of marriage I want to welcome the listeners of Sirius FM Haji Faisal a smile in Hafiz Yusuf a smile in company and um I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba uh the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jamaa yes uh, you can send your questions in on 084-786-3132 uh, 084-786-3132 international overseas listeners plus 2784-786-3132 my beloved fadila to honorable ustad has just entered the studio remember today is the first of dhul uh, hijjah 1444 which is also tuesday june the 20th of um, june 2023 ustad uh, welcome to the bliss of marriage assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh ustad wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh barakallahu feekum wa arafat jazakallahu khairan so before we start inshallah ustad can tell us your rundown for tomorrow inshallah for your program ustad all praise is due to almighty allah the sustainer narisha and cherisha of the universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader nabi muhammad mustafa rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all these places were requesting for programs for many, many months and years. So tomorrow night, that is Wednesday night, inshallah, we will be there in Greytown. And after Isha, Maulana Magda is there, mashallah, we studied together in Karachi. 
And then on Thursday night will be in Winan, inshallah. Today, mashallah, we'll spend the night also like Winan. We spend the night in Great Town in Winan. Thursday night, Friday, inshallah, we will come to Ladysmith. <laughs> we'll translate the khutbah and the sermon from there as well from Makkah. And thereafter, at around 12.08 or so, Azan will go there in Masjid Masihullah with Dr. Hansa Waz, Rahimahullah, Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus. And then there will be the lecture, khutbah, salat, and so forth. And at night will be after Isha in Puna Road, inshallah, the masjid. And then Saturday morning will be in masjid Kibriya. And then Saturday evening after Isha, Masjid Arabia, and that is in Escort, and that is a ulama program after Isha, inshallah. And then Sunday will be the Hifz Jalsa, day at Siratul Haq, where Mufti Ibrahim Salehji of Escort is. So 11 o'clock or so, the program will start. And Thursday, the Fiqh program, inshallah, we will do it live from there and from Great Town. And Mozaid and myself will be discussing the six days of Hajj, inshallah, al-Aziz. So every day, what the Hujjaj are supposed to do, we know that Monday the Hajj will start because they cooked up the moon day in Saudi Arabia, as they normally do. So all might Allah protect us all. Therefore, Nabi Salam refused to make dua for these Najdis. Remember, <laughs> it's a very big dalil that Nabi Salam made dua for the people of Sham, Syria, Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon. Nabi Salam made dua for the people of Yemen, but refused to make dua for the people of Najd, not mean this area of Riyadh and so forth, and said, Hunaka al-Fitan was Zalazil. There you will find fitnas and calamities and disasters and so forth. This hadith is 100% authentic in Bukhari Sharif. So therefore, we should understand it in that light. Somebody says, Ustaz, that is it the duty of the husband to make qurbani on behalf of his wife if she is not working, Ustaz? Remember, you can't say it is the responsibility of the husband that he must make the qurbani on behalf of his wife. We will say it's a good thing. For example, yesterday also I was speaking something to my wife and I told her, don't worry that I will pay for your qurbani as well. So your husband should have a big heart also. Quran Sharif states, Surah 4 verse 19, that treat your wives with love, with respect, with justice, and so forth and so on. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 19. And remember on so many other things we spend money. So if we spend two, three thousand rand for our wives, it won't bring kiamat or something, you know. But if the husband is a person who's stingy, miserly, or whatever the reason might be, then the wife herself must use her means and her money to say she's not working is not a valid excuse. See, I take your example, sister, Fatima, Zainab, Aisha, Jamila, whoever. So you must count how much jewelry you have. You must count how much money you have under the mattress or in the bank or wherever. You must count how many clothing you got extra, how many pair of shoes you got extra, how many handbags you got extra, how much cutlery, crockery that belongs to you is extra. 
So all that you put together and you get 9,000 rand and more, then Qurbani is compulsory upon you. So therefore, on most people, Qurbani will be compulsory. So even if the husband is not paying, then you must say, Alhamdulillah, Allah Jalla Wala is giving me an opportunity to spend in this great days of Zulhijjah Wal-Fajri Walayalin Ashr. Remember that the ten nights, each night is an auspicious night. Each day is a great day, and the greatest day is the day of Arafah. So the ninth of Zilhijjah, every country should work according to their own calendar. So that is what we should understand. So now, if you say you don't have cash, so you can sell some of your shoes, sell some of your clothing, sell some of your cutlery, crockery, jewelry, whatever, and in that way and if you can't afford it in South Africa then you will find that people are telling you about shares in India and Malawi and here and there <coughs> 300 rand 400 rand 500 rand so that you can afford very easily so in that way there there should be no excuse you should perform and carry out the Qurbani I see there's a sister from Maputo stad. she says was the tabligh jamaat work in the ta- in the tariqa of Mulana Masihullah Haji Imdadullah and Mulana Ashraf Ali Tan my husband feels if we go mastura, then other men gonna look at me in Jamaat. I'm 29 years old. He's a very jealous husband, Ustad. Yeah, there are three, four different issues. And the way you pose your question, remember, you're a bit confused. If you look at Azad Mahatanwi Rahmatullah Haji Imdadullah Rahmatullah and Hazaji Hazad Mahana Masihullah Khan Saab, they were more involved in the field of the Sawwuf. Haji Imdadullah is buried in Makkah, so he made hijrat, and his khulafa are all these great poor luminaries, Hazrat Muhammad Qasim Nanoti, Hazrat Muhammad Rashid Aman Gangohi, Hazrat Muhammad Tanwi Rahmatullah So they were involved more in Tasawwuf Tazkiyah. And then Hazaji, Hazrat Muhammad Masihullah Khan Sahib, we met Hazaji, I spent Ramadan day in 1977. So we must remember, the Quran speaks of this, open Surah 62 and verse number 2. Allah Jalla Wala highlighting, you must remember the functions of Nabi Alayhi Salatu Salam, four functions are mentioned, yet do alayhim ayati recite and rehearse the Quranic verses for them. So they were Arabs primarily, yet they had required a teacher who used a key him, purify them, purify them externally and internally, externally from kufr and shirk, blasphemy, polytheism, idol worship, internally from pride, arrogance, jealousy, hubbul dunya, excessive love of this world, hubbul mal, excessive love of wealth, hubbul jah, loving the name, and fame and all that. So that is the function what Islam is teaching us, Tazkiyah, to cleanse and purify ourselves internally. Qad aflaha man tazakka, qad aflaha man zakaha. So all that are dalail and evidence. And then you must remember that where you allimu mulkitab wal hikmah and teach them the Quran Sharif and the Sunnah Mubarakah. So that is what you should understand. Then if you come to the other way, Hazrat Mona Ilyas and then Hazrat Mona Yusuf Sab his son, and then remember Hazrat Mona Inamul Hassan Rahimullah, they all passed away Rahimullah to all. So that is the Dawat and Tabligh. 
So if you go with your husband, so you must remember very, very good. Go, you must remember from Maputo to India, Pakistan, wherever Mashura is made, South Africa, whatever, for 40 days, and that excuse your husband is giving, that other men will look at you is a fairy tale. Remember that. So when you're in Maputo, the men can't look at you. So obviously that you must remember this, that you're going to wear parda, you're going to wear hijab, niqab, and all these things here. So if no man will look at you there, so no one will look at you in Jamaat also. So therefore, don't let the shaitan, you wasp Sufi sudur in nas, that the waswasa and whisperings of shaitan overtake you. So you should go out in Dawat and Tabliq with your husband, very good for 40 days, but go with Mashura. That when they tell you go here, go there, so very good you go with them. That will be our advice regarding that issue. So Ustad, can a widow slaughter her own sheep at the farm for Kurbani? Ustad? They must remember if you, my sister, you know how to slaughter and there are no strange men there and then you slaughter and so forth, then it's fine. But if there are strange men there and then they will see you, they'll be taking videos and all that, then obviously it's haram all that. So the animal will be halal, but you will get a sin that you're exposing yourself and all that in front of the men. So when you say farm, so that means that there'll be other people there, then it's not permissible. If you mean farm, your own farm and so forth, where other men will not be there when you're slaughtering, so then it's fine. So wait till eat salat and and so forth is performed for li rabbika wanhar and thereafter you slaughter the goat the, <coughs> the goat the sheep or the cow or whatever you know how to slaughter so all will be permissible there's no such thing in Islam that only the men can slaughter the woman can slaughter provided that she knows how to slaughter so that is a big condition remember that and you say bismillah Allah Akbar there must be no stunning involved and remember there must be no ajani strange men there then it will be fine and no problem he habibuna rasulullah sallallahu alaihi told sayyida fatima radiyallahu the hadith is mentioned in Mustad Ahmad, that stand here, O Fatima, and witness how your qurbani is being done and so forth. So Fatima radiallahu anha was, is, will always be the most beloved to or children, child to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and her virtues are so great. Fatima to Sayyida to Nisai Ahlil Jannah, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha is the leader of the women in Jannah. And that is our unanimous belief. And remember, the hadith is authentic, mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif. Ustad, let me understand the question, your sister from uh, Australia. So, what happens in the case whereby it says here, conjoined, conjoined twins become of age and want to marry? Is there anything regarding them in Sharia, Ustad? So you must remember, obviously, it's haram that how they can get married. You must remember when they are brother and sisters. How can brother marry sister and so forth? You must remember. It means that they are joined together. So now you get operations done Mm. and so forth. And a brother can never marry a sister. So we also must use our common sense, you know, that is incest and so forth. So a father getting busy with his daughter, mother getting busy with a son, brother getting busy with 
with his sister and so forth. Almighty Allah has mentioned, you must remember, in Surah 4, Chapter 4, Surah Nisa, verse number 23, the 14th type of women that are haram for you to get married. Hurrimat alaykum ummahatukum babanatukum wa'akhawatukum. There's it there. So you can't marry your mother, your grandmother. You can't marry your daughter, your granddaughter. You can't marry your sister and so forth. So there's it clearly enshrined in the noble Quran. Only people whose minds are totally warped, you know. You see the Western culture, the decadent satanic culture. Remember that first they said husband, wife. Then they said, no, this is not good. So they changed the definition. They said that, no, marriage is not Adam and Eve, male and female. Marriage is two persons. So now you get Adam and Steve and you get Adam and Eve and all that. Now they already started going to the next and that is incest. Some countries already allowing it. So you must remember that. The next one will be bestiality. That you can get married or stay with a dog or stay with some animal and so forth and swine or whatever. So this is all the satanic and the kufr culture. Remember that Islam says absolutely haram and if anybody even promotes it he goes out of the fall of islam so start if these halal certifying bodies are just money making organizations and are halalizing haram meat then wouldn't it uh, then wouldn't the blame be upon them Ustad? Of course, yes. You must remember Quran Sharif says, Hada halalu wa hada haramun. People will say this is halal and this is haram and they invent lies against Almighty Allah and they fabricate against Almighty Allah. And those who invent lies against Almighty Allah will never be successful. You can see in South Africa and you see other places how disgraced they are. You must remember that that you will find that sometimes this uh, 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 item comes and then it's mixed with the pork or it's mixed with some other haram thing and adulteration and mix-up takes place and so forth. So you you can see that this is a proper money-making game and it's not only in South Africa wherever you find halal boards and so forth whether it's in the Arab countries or whether it is you must remember in the, those countries there like you know Malaysia and so forth I've been to all these countries and see that none of them I have confidence in and Surah 16 and verse number 116 so very easy reference chapter 16 and verse 116 and if you just read the verse after that, Mata'un Qalil. Allah says that slow little but benefit, meaning that you're making money out of this. But in the year after, Wallahum Azabun Alim. In the year after will be a painful punishment, terrible, horrible punishment. Chapter 16, verses 116 and 117. So that is our take on that issue. So what must we do? Simple practice on these laws and then you will find that that is the answer. That Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told his beloved Nawasa, his grandson, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu ta'ala and da'ama yuribuka ila ma la yuribuk. 
Whatever puts you into doubt, that foodstuff or that liquid or whatever, you got doubt, stay away from that and opt for that in which there's no doubt. You are what you eat. Therefore, Quran didn't say you must just eat halal. He said halal and tayyiba. That what is halal, lawful and pure and wholesome, that will motivate and inspire a person to do righteous actions. So this hadith in Tirmidhi of Da'ma Yuribukat al end. Second one in Muslim Ahmad. Remember the Sahabi's name is Wabisa. Wabisa bin Ma'bad radiallahu an. He came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and asked that what is good, what is bad, what is this? Then Nabi alayhi salatu salam told him in the ending, istafti qalbak, istafti nafsak. You must ask your own heart, ask your own conscience. That what does it tell you? Wa in nas. Even if the ulama, the muftis, the sheikh, the imam, whoever they gave fatwa, you don't rely on that. You must rely on your true iman, on your true conscience and so forth and so on. Open Mustafa Ahmad. You will find the hadith. There is authentic hadith. So all these are guidelines for us. And this year is just a money-making gimmick and so forth. See, I give you one easy example. So in Woolworths, we telling every Muslim and every human being, Christian, Hindu, whoever, that you must stay away from them because they're promoting the LGBT and so forth. Now, if you look at people, they send me all these type of photos and so forth. So they got certain articles. On top is LGBT and below is halal. <coughs> or on top is halal and the bottom is LGBT and so forth and so on. So they will never withdraw it, you must remember that, because it's big money to be made and so forth and so on. There was, you must remember, some people in the butcher game, you know. So I asked them a few questions because somebody told me that they're running a girl, you know, a big, you must remember, scam and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So I posed certain questions. I said, oh, this organization is coming to test and thus and check and thus and that. And then they even threatened me. You know, I still got it by me. They said, we'll get the hawks and we'll get this one and this one and that. After that, Allah kukarnata, their whole plant closed down and everything finished, you see. So you must never fear to speak the truth when you have the evidence and so forth. So therefore, you must remember, we got no, nothing to carry favor with anybody. Our function duty is we must promote the deen and its pristine purity and we must defend the deen of Islam. So that is what we must do. Not carry favor with this rich one and the sea. Now the world, you open and listen to any news now. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you will see all the Western media is only busy with one story. Those people who went to search for the Titanic and so forth, so now they themselves, they can't find them where they are. So why are they concerned about them? Because one of the multi-billionaires of Britain, he's in that capsule or whatever you want to call it. The Pakistan's richest person, his son, grandson are in that. So because they are the richest people, so the media will be there. People from America and Europe and there and there, everybody is searching for them and so forth. Allah is showing you you don't learn, oh human being. Mm. When they built the Titanic, <laughs> then they said the ship that can never ever sink. And now we see the Titanic, it sank, its history finished and clear. 
Now these people want to go there and see exactly what happened and they also missing. We don't know whether they will be alive or not. The last news I heard, they said there's only 70, 75 hours of emergency oxygen left. So if they don't get them, then it's finished history with them. The great, the biggest, one of the biggest multi-billionaires of Britain and the richest man in Pakistan, his son and grandson in it. So it shows that human being today, everything is money related. When I heard that story, I was thinking it was few African guys mm-hmm. or it was few Muslim guys or it was some Pakistani Indian but not rich people. You think they should do all this? They say, hey, these guys are chappan years, waste of time, just leave it. Yeah. What we must do? You mm-hmm. see, this whole thing revolves around wealth and so forth. It's got nothing to do with human beings. It's just got to do with money and assets. Mm-hmm. That's how the Western mind and capitalism, secularism, democracy, all these are say Zionism, they all work in the same vein. Allahu Akbar. Haq Ustad. Haq. I see one of my daughters is married and the other one has a degree. I have spent a lot of money on the studies, Ustad, and marriage, and thus was not able to spend on my wife and myself. I have money and provident fund benefits. Can I gift these to my wife and specify this in my Islamic world, Ustad? My brother, yeah, there are three issues. Number one is you say you spend a lot of money. You must remember educating your daughter or daughters and so. When you say that you spend a lot of money educating them, educating them with what knowledge? That's a question we have to ask. If you mean you send them to university and college and so forth and so on, where there is a toxic environment, so you did a disservice to yourself and to your daughters. Therefore, we say that to send them there is not permissible. If you want your daughter, sister to study, you must leave them at home, let them study via correspondence. You know what is the environment today. I go lecture there at Wits and UJ and all. Go and see what is the environment there. That you will find the boy kissing the boy, the woman kissing the woman, and so forth. And so many things going on and all that. Drugs and whatever you, all this goes on. So that's one. Number two is this. Now you want to give your wife. So if you want to give your wife, so you give it to her in a lifetime. So nobody is stopping you. So you give her some of the money, you give her some of your assets, you must make her the unconditional owner. And that is the meaning of hiba in Islam. When you speak of a gift in Islam, it means you are giving her, your honorable wife, a gift, a car, a property, money. So you give it to her, she must take possession of it. If it is cars or house and all that, then the transfer, all that must be done onto her name. And you cannot stipulate any conditions to it, remember that. Then it is done. For you to say no, that from my provident fund or this investment or that investment, she will get from there, but my daughters won't get, or my son won't get. All that is haram. You say you had a big shot, big jaw, big party, a big <coughs> marriage there. So that is not what Islam teaches. Islam teaches, inna, you must remember that the best nikah in Islam is 
that that the greatest nikah for baraka blessing purposes is where the least expenditure is incurred open Mishkar Sharif you will find it there so you can't say your thinking is totally incorrect from an Islamic perspective because you spend so much money on their nikah you spend so much money giving them your so called education so now you say no you will decrease their share or deprive them of their share and give your wife absolutely haram that is Quran Sharif states the Quran Sharif speaks about it Surah 4 Surah Nisa and verse number 14 whosoever disobeys Almighty Allah and his messenger you increase somebody's share you decrease or disown somebody Allah dispatches such people straight to Jahannam and the hellfire and they stay there for a very 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 long time and for such people is a humiliation Eating disgraceful punishment surah chapter 4 verse number 14 so my advice to you brother give your wife now make her the unconditional owner and remember end of the story when she passes away it will go in her estate what belongs to you will be going in your estate and all of them will inherit your wife will inherit your daughters will inherit and your parents will inherit if you don't have sons then remember that your brothers sisters will also inherit so all these are issues if your parents are there your father is there then your brothers sisters will not inherit if you have a biological son then your brothers sisters will not inherit so these are the basic rules you should understand well so just listen to this question i'm going to cut it in short it says it is said that if a husband gives all three talaks at once, the talak is makru. My question is, is this talak valid? And if it is, what is the way forward for the husband and wife? At the end, he says, yeah, I will be leaving to Cape Town tomorrow to meet a pious sheikh. He says, I'm still in my nikah, Ustad. So you must remember, brother, when you say you are a Muslim, your wife says she's a Muslimah. So what is the meaning of Islam and Muslim Muslimah? We submit, we surrender ourselves to Almighty Allah Jalla and to Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not to our whims, our fancies and desires. That is a path of dwallu wa adallu, that you go astray and so forth and you lead others also astray. So I'm asking you, in Bukhari Sharif, that so-called pious sheikh of yours, ask him what is the meaning of this hadith in Bukhari Sharif, where three talaq is considered as three. So we're not Christians that they believe in Trinity, three is one and one is three and so forth and so on. So one issue. Second issue, in time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala, that hadith is in time of Nabi alayhi salam. In time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu people were coming into the fold of Islam from far and wide. So again, you must remember to entrench <coughs> that. So ijma and consensus was reached among the Sahaba that three talaq is three. Then you go to the four schools. Just ask that sheikh what the Shafi is, what the Malik is, what the Hanafi is, what the Hanbali say. They say three talaq is three. 
So you must remember the hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnatil khulafai rashidin al-mahdiin. You must follow my way, and my way is three talaq, is three hadith in Bukhari Sharif. You must follow the way of the rightly guided Khulafa. Authentic Hadith, Abu Dawood, Mishkat, Mustafa, Ahmad, Ibn Majah, various compilations. So you must follow what the Khulafa taught. Then you got Ijma consensus of the four schools. The Hadith in Tirmidhi. La tajtamiu ummati ala dalala. That this Ummah will never have consensus and agree on something that is astray. After centuries, you must remember, Sheikhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah came and he said that no, three talaq is one and so forth and so on. So you must remember, now you gave three talaq. <coughs> so the, the gun got three bullets. You go and pull three bullets, now you want to blame us. We didn't give the talaq, you gave the talaq. The Jamiyat didn't give the talaq, you gave the talaq. So who is to blame? I'm asking you. When calamities befall you, then you don't blame anybody else but yourself. So that fatwa of the MJC or any other organization that three talaq is one is not worth the paper on which is written and you can take my name and tell them that you must remember and that so-called pious sheikh of yours, whoever it is, tell him I said his fatwa is not worth the paper on which is written. Once you have four schools, you have consensus of Sahaba, you have hadith on Bukhari Sharif and so forth. So either they're going to tell you one of two things. The three talaqs are one talaq. So that's a lie and you will be living in sin. You must remember that <coughs> every moment you and your so-called wife stay together, Allah's curse is upon you because you must remember you are haram for one another after three talaq. Quran says so, Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verses 229 to 30, go and read, She's not halal for you. Then in the second scenario, that after the iddat, then she get married, and you get married to another person, your friend or whoever, so you must remember, and they get married for one day, a few hours, and so forth, so that Nabi Sallallahu authentic hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi, Allah's curse is on both parties, the ex-husband and this new one here, so both of them are cursed, and she's not halal for the first husband, so that is the, and this is the fatwa of Shafi'is, Maliki's, Hanbali's, Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahimahullah's two greatest students Imam Abu Yusuf Imam Muhammad Rahimahullah and that is our fatwa so don't come and play with the deen of Islam <coughs> after you pull the trigger and now you want to come and tell us I'm going to Cape Town and you can go to Hong Kong you can go to Cape Town you can go to Tambaktu <laughs> that wife is haram for you and any Molvi any Sheikh or MJC you know that one day that the whole thing came on TV with their halal certificate mm and all that you must remember I want swine and all these things here so you must remember I pose this question I pose these three questions yeah, to MJC I pose these questions and to your Molvis here in Jamiat here in Fordsburg number one you all are the one who closed the masajid even before the government said so explain that to us why you did that 
Second, we went to court to try and open the masjid. You went to court to close the masjid. Unprecedented in human history. Mm. Second one, then and again you went to court as friends of the court with the lesbians and so forth. And they can't even say the Shias are kuffar. People who are cursing, swearing, and reviling, say now Bakr, say now Omar, say now. There are hundred issues I can ask. So, but I'll just leave it to this three. So you go and ask them. Yeah, in Joburg, Fordsburg, and they in Cape Town. Go ask them. Ask them why you don't answer these three questions. And then you want to come tell me that you can rely on their fatwas <coughs> and verdict and so forth. Thus, Jamiat, yeah. <coughs> This Jamiat year in Fordsburg, they go what they call Jusa. One day they wrote a letter and they told the judge day in Pakistan that their fatwas are binding and they represent South Africa on all. So we wrote them a letter. Our brother, you must remember, Yusuf Dokrat, the, the attorney, and we told them, you better apologize. If you don't apologize, we will take you to court and so forth. They got such a shock of their life, the whole executive had to apologize and so forth and so on. So don't come tell me about these people here, please. So you you, you can go to any sheikh, any Molvi, anyone, and remember that fatwa is not worth the paper on which is written. You and your wife will be living in haram. And if you get children after that, those children are harami children and illegitimate. That is the fatwa from the light of Quran and sunnah not some fairy tales and all that remember that <coughs> well it's uh, <coughs> 18 minutes to uh, 12 o'clock we're going to go for our interval when we come back inshallah we will continue with the blessed of marriage stay tuned Marcus Sahaba the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Marcus Sahaba the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal well, it's uh, 15 minutes uh, to 12. Uh, somebody says here, will it be possible to meet with you, Mufti Ike, regarding talaq, as the matter is rather a complex one? If not, is there any way else I could seek advice and further knowledge about my rights as a woman asking for talaq, Ustad? Remember, I don't allow anybody to come here and all these issues. You ask the question, we answer it and so forth. So remember, if your husband gave you three talaks, it's end of the story, finish. No sense looking for excuses and so forth and so on. You can go to all these jamiats and whether in Joburg, Cape Town, Durban, wherever you are and so forth. But if they tell you, anybody, that your three talaq is one and that, then that fatwa is totally wrong and you'll be living in sin. Listen to this one, Ustad. Uh, it says here, I am a concerned mom. I had to break the ice to message you guys, Mufti AK. We made a big wedding for our daughter. The boy is also from Johannesburg. So we made the nikah in Dubai. My husband took so much of loans from his friends. He owes his friends about 1.7 million. And now he can't pay them back. Please help my husband, Mufti Saab. We're from a good family and you know my husband. They're threatening to kill him. Is there any way Mufti AK has zakat or interest money? He's shy to call you Mufti AK. Can I call you as his wife, Ustad? Remember, for him to take zakat money, interest money is haram. 
Who told you all to go show off and say, no, we're going to have a posh wedding in Dubai and so forth and all that. So I told you all 101 times, man samma asamma Allahu bi, when you do things just to show off, Allah is going to disgrace you. So you're staying in a very posh house, you got cars, you got all that. So go sell all those things there and pay him for what you want to show off in front of people and all that. You already disgraced, you must remember that. And not everybody goes and to Dubai and perform nikah and all that. So therefore, you must remember and to say that, no, that we must go collect zakat or somebody. It's not permissible to give your zakat. You live in a lap of luxury and you want to just show off and so forth and so on. And now you can't pay. So if those people threaten you, not with death, but they tell you they want their money or they will get all your things attached and so forth. It's right. They must do that because you must remember you owe them the money and so forth but your intention from day one is tainted polluted and haram so therefore Allah is disgracing you so go and get that money go live in a simple house and drive a simple car and do all that you don't have to show off to people and carry out with the Jones and all that a big competition and let me make it clear for you all to take zakat for you to take interest absolutely haram not permissible and the zakat will not be discharged. <clears throat> the sister says, should we give our three cars in, Ustad? 100%. What you want to do with three cars and all that just to show off? Somebody says, Ustad, that uh, Mufti AK, we are tired of you saying about closing the masjid, etc. When are, when are you going to stop saying this? We are will gonna... say it till you die and we will write it on your grave also that you close the masjid, you shaitans. <clears throat> so Allah says, Lahum fi dunya khizyu wa lahum fil akhirati azabun azim. Allah Ta'ala keeps on saying to the kuffar, they're going to Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala keeps on saying to the hypocrites and all that. So you must follow the system of Allah, the truth is always better, my brother. My question to you is when you're going to apologize? You should ask that question. When you're going to tell the people the real story, why you'll close the masjid? Because you are bootlicking the ANC and you are bootlicking the politicians. That's the question you must answer, my brother. Don't come with your fairy tales here by me. So, Ustad, just as an education, uh, suppose if after the passing of the husband, the heirs do not transfer the properties onto their names, leaving it onto the marhum's name. But they are aware of which property belongs to whom. Permissible is that? Totally haram. How can a dead person <coughs> own something? He's dead, his history, you must carry on with the geography now. So it's compulsory that you must give out. The, the question they're giving here is not the true question. Mm. So people always try and use us for their hidden agenda and ulterior motive. As the question is properly it is. What the question is this, there's a big shot, right? So he owns 100 million, 1 billion, whatever. So everything is in the trust and so forth. Now he dies. So now they say, no, just leave it like that. It's haram to leave it like that. So you must start immediately after the person passed away. So you have burial, funeral expenses. You have debts of the deceased. And thereafter, wasiyah for non-heirs. And it can be a Muslim or a non-Muslim.
Muslim organization, but must be halal, not haram. And maximum will be one third, remember, of the net estate, and fourth will be the shares of the heirs. To leave it there is totally haram and not permissible, and all of you will be guilty. And Quran says, when you do that, then you go straight to Jahannam. Surah 4, verse 14. وَمَيَّ عَصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودًا I want my share. I'm the son. The sister, my sister, she wants a share. She's the daughter. Third, the wife wants a share. She's the wife. So remember, who are you to impose upon them and so forth? So Islam says justice delayed is justice denied. And Surah 4, verse 14 will tell you regarding such scenarios. That Almighty Allah will dispatch you to Jahannam for a very, very long time. So what you are suggesting, absolutely haram. Therefore, in Islam, to have a perpetual trust is also haram. When the person dies, the trust must be dissolved and everybody must get their share. You want to start a new trust? That is your prerogative. Somebody says here, my dearest Mufti Sahib, assalamu alaikum. My daughter who is 21 today, when she was born, she grew up with my mother-in-law till the age of 14. She didn't stay with me, Ustad. And after that, we sent her to study to become an alima. Now today, when she's big and qualified, she tells me we don't have an understanding and because she didn't grow up with me. And we're always fighting and we always have misunderstanding. So I really don't know what to do, honestly, Mufti Sahib. A mother who is always blamed for her children's mistakes, Ustad. Remember, both of you are guilty. Why did you allow that she must go and stay by her daddy? Or why did you allow that she must go stay by her nanny and so forth? You are the one supposed to make the tribute. If it's holiday time or something like that, weekend, that is a different. But according to your question, for 14 years or so, she stayed with the grandmother, her nanny ma, daddy ma, whatever the case might be. So there you are wrong. The biological mother, you are wrong. See, I give you from Quran, chapter 17, verse 24. All my Allah teaches children, so the parents are alive. So read the dua, Rabbir Hamhuma. Oh, all my Allah have mercy on them, on my beloved parents, biological parents. Kama Rabbayani, as they made my tarbiya, as they made my coaching, my training, my all these things here. You see, today they speak of life coach, or we reject all this. The tarbiyah must be done by the biological parents. So remember, not the grandparents and uncle and auntie and all that. So kamar rabbayani sahira. So that is where you made the first mistake, both of you, you and your husband, the parents. Thereafter, then you'll send it to the madrasa, this, that, okay, fine. So all this alima story, may I don't accept that also. <coughs> you must remember, just say taliba. They study half the kitab, they don't even study. So anyway, so now she's a taliba and all. Now, yeah, you daughter, you are wrong. You did all the Quran ayats, you did the ahadith, you did all these things. So under your mother, your biological mother's feet is Jannah. You mm. never did in Mishkat. So put all your so-called knowledge one side and therefore me personally, I don't agree with this, that we must teach them all this Kitab, Bukhari and Muslim and all these things here. Teach them the basics and finish and klar, they must get, because majority of them, they start growing horns. They start thinking the big, big lamas and sheikhs and all these type of things here. So now that is the problem you are having. So you daughter, you are wrong. 
you must show love to your parents and you must show love more love to your mother and so forth don't start telling her that you're a alima and she don't understand and all that thing there Man qala ana alim jahil. When you say I'm a alim, I'm a alim, then in Islamic terminology you're still an ignorant person and a jahil person. So go to your father, mother, ask them for forgiveness and say, I want your du'as every day. Then you will go far in life. Somebody says, see, move this up. I'm contracting, uh, contracting at a company for three years and they allowed me to go in Jamaat. But they say it's a problem now. I'm married with one kid. Give me some advice, Ustad. So I don't know whatever your contract was and so <coughs> forth. So you must remember if you are working as an imam or as a teacher and so forth, and then you told them every year you will go for 40 days or whatever the agreement was. So then fine, but now maybe they say that, you know, they can't afford another imam or whatever. So you also, it seems you are happy there. So say, okay, let us renegotiate the whole contract and so forth and so on. So it's not end of the world. And make mashura, we say you don't have to make war, war. You don't have to start a war like Russia, Ukraine or whatever. You must make jaw, jaw, J-A-W, meaning discuss the issue. And then you can reach, you also must compromise a little bit. They also compromise. And in that way, you can come out with the good decision and so forth. So that will be my advice to you, brother. <clears throat> Somebody says, how do I write out my will concerning my four wives? Uh, do each of them get a share from each house I own? I am upset. I'm tired. It's a headache. Move this up. Yeah, only after four wives you realize, my brother, that when you got one wife, you'll be in Qiyam. And when you have two wives, then you'll be in Ruku. And when you have three wives, then you'll be in, you know, Sajda. And when you're in fourth wife, then it's Salam. Finish. You understand? <laughs> you see? You understood? So that is what happened. So my brother, now let's start from here. Your four wives will get, you must remember, 12.5%. That 12.5% must be divided by four. So that is what they will get, you must remember. So the best thing for you now will be that whatever, they got different houses, <coughs> transfer the houses to them, so each one of them got their own house. Otherwise, they're all going to make Skopskit and Donner. They'll be fighting and they won't make Dua for you because you are the one who kept everything on your name. So this is my advice to you. Then if you have parents, my brother, they also going to inherit one six, one six, so one third collectively. Then you got a child children from any one of these wives here. So the sons and daughters, your <laughs> sons, your daughters, your biological son daughters, now you gave the wife twelve and a half percent, you gave your parents one third, the residue that is there, the remainder, so that will be divided among your children, two to one from boys and girls, sons and daughters. So that is how it will work Islamically. But all said and done, my advice to you, I don't know you, I don't know your four wives, but I understand now you're totally finished and tired and retired. So now, my brother, start transferring. Transferring to your wives and all these type of things, and especially the houses. Tell A, this is your house, I'm transferring on your name. B, this is your house. So do that, and inshallah, you'll solve a lot of problems like that. So just one more quickly, it says here, Assalamu alaikum ba. I am married in a community of property. We rent a house. So if I get a divorce bar, he says, 
Does she still have to continue paying half my rent after we divorced to start? No, she don't. To get married, community of property is not permissible. That's the first thing you should remember. And if you divorce her, then remember the South African law will say the assets will be 50-50 and the liabilities will be 50-50. So you will then say she must pay the rental is wrong. It's haram that you must remember. Then she will say, okay, you must give me 50% of your assets all your money and all your properties and all, and you won't be prepared to do that. So therefore, Islam says that is not permissible. So both of you, your marriage is still subsisting. So go there to the court and so forth and go and re-register. Let her divorce you. Your nikal is still valid and then you will need an attorney and what have you and then re-register your marriage. A and C and they've got nothing to do with a political party. Anti-neptual contract without excluding the accrual system you know that accrual system so you say without it excluding it then everything will be fine but what you are suggesting totally haram and not permissible barakallahu feek assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Empowering the Ummah